Welcome to another episode of the Zay Play Podcast. All right, you guys know the deal. This is a show about thoughts, opinions, and ideas. Not meant to be taken 100% seriously. Meant to open up your mind and uh, to encourage discourse. And as always, if you don't like it, don't listen. All right. So what's going on this week? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's good? So definitely going to talk a little bit about music. Going to hit some Super Bowl predictions. And as you all know, we will be zambling. Okay. Might hit you with a little personal update. Maybe give you a weekend story. We'll see. But yeah, energy is good right now. Um, I definitely had a interesting week. A lot of thinking, a lot of figuring stuff out. So should turn out to be a good episode. Hope the team is doing well. And let's get into it. Music. Music. All right. Let's jump into it here. Hit Boy and the Alchemist dropped an EP. Don Tolliver dropped Bandit. We got a single from Logic, which is a different kind of single. It's not as rappy as I thought it would be. We got an album from 38 Special Mussolini. What else we got here? Single from the baby, so, so he's trying to get back up here. Uh, we got Khan, peace of mind. That that's probably gonna be music of the week. Khan, check that album out, peace of minds. And then you know, talk a little bit about the Grammys. Oh, we also got a Kid Cudi song yesterday, but uh, Michael, where are we going? Killer Mike. Killer Mike got arrested in one rap album of the year. That album is good. It is not bad. Definitely go check that out. I saw a lot of people complaining because they don't know who Killer Mike is. You better do your Googles. You better do your Googles. Mm. SZA, Taylor Swift, yada, 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 yada. No one cares about the Grammys. Jay-Z said it right. They don't decide anything in hip hop. It's just like a pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got a you got a Grammy. Good job. Like, come on, bro. We 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 know who all the legends are. That's what I'm saying. So, nothing too crazy going on there. Sports. Uh, let's go, Chiefs. <laughs> uh, I think. <clears throat> I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs, but the 49ers, they're not looking bad, y'all. They're not looking bad. It'll be a good Super Bowl. Bulls get a nice win over Minnesota last night. Feels good. And I guess I'll do current events now, too. Oh, my God, it's an election year. And, uh, dude, why are Texas, New Hampshire, and Cali are trying to secede, bruh? That's crazy. (laughs) 
That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. Figure it out. China stock market going crazy. What can you do? Jumping into another Zamble. So recently, there was a debate between the YouTuber Destiny and Ben Shapiro. Now, Destiny and Shapiro represent two different kind of viewpoints when it, I guess you could say with their approach to relationships and masculinity, right? Destiny takes a more mental approach. What, how you perceive yourself is how you are, is sort of the way Destiny kind of goes about it. Whereas Ben Shapiro cares more about however you're represented in reality or your community characterizes who you are, right? So let me break down kind of the two schools of thought. So Destiny is a, li- is a libertarian, okay? And I'm using this in relationship context, guys. So he recently got a divorce. And part of the reason I think the divorce, some people attribute the divorce to the way the relationship started. I contribute it to the kind of person destiny is. And you could say that on being online kind of helped fuel that. And I think that did. Destiny hit a new point of fame almost. And I think, I think in the beginning, his wife was the center of his life and streaming became kind of a side set, but was his main thing. When streaming became the forefront, I think she kind of took the hit there in that sense then there's Ben Shapiro well let me go all the way through Destiny's right so Destiny he's with her for a long time and for a long time they had an open marriage and it was on the understanding that we both love each other so us being able to step out allows for it is just physical That's how he viewed it. And I've explained this before, I think, right? There's two ways you could do non-monogamy, I believe. You can either care or not care. If you don't care, the relationship will likely fail because you don't care. If you do care, you have to learn how to deal with the pain and still function, which is extremely, extremely difficult for two reasons. Societally, you're looked down upon. Biologically, it's extremely hard to do that. It's just what it is, right? So Destiny being so mentally focused, I could see how he got there, but it's impossible to maintain. That's what I think. I think it's just impossible. He's not entirely wrong. I think I definitely lean more towards Destiny in the sense that your perception is very important and... How you handle your relationship is extremely important and frameworks are good, but you have to understand the extent of your framework. And I don't think Destiny was ready for all of the consequences that he set himself up to be in. And it's not all his fault. Melanie, his wife, 
Molina definitely played a factor in it. And I think she wasn't being honest the whole time when it came to certain feelings and certain things. And I also think you have to know the answer before you get, like, once you're into the problem. Destiny might have found the answer, but it was after the problem became too big. So there's sort of that sort of view, which is a very progressive view. And I think it's a viewpoint that a lot of guys are going to confront and have to deal with, and they might not be prepared to handle it. Um, because I personally used to be of this mindset to where you could, well, I'm of this mindset, right? I'm not really okay. Like labels to me are a non sequitur or don't result in anything. And that's because you can be labeled something, change it the next day and it not be there. Right. Um, in my kind of perspective, you shouldn't have to put a label on something to know what it is. And you you putting a label on it is in some way you simplifying your situation. You're trying to boil it down to something that you can manage when it needs to be something that you're okay with. Now, Destiny, I think he was okay with a lot of things for a while, but he didn't realize this is the inevitability of it. You will become lax. It's human nature. It's impossible to avoid. You will become lax and your framework will spread or start to slighten. And how you set up the relationship, it, the, the bait, when you set up your relationship, you need to keep it narrower than what you're comfortable with because it will expand to what you're comfortable with. If you keep it at what you're comfortable with, if you start at what you're comfortable with, it will expand into what you're uncomfortable with. And maybe you need that to grow. But maybe you don't. Maybe the borders you placed are good. Now, I, I like I said, I can't speak to Destiny's, the intricacies and all of what happened in his relationship. But I can say that it, it, I don't think it's what he wanted. And I think it's something that with the way marriage and the way relationships are going, a lot of guys are going to have to confront, either learn how to deal with the pain or be single or try to be at the top of the the tower to where you can kind of live in in strong monogamy but that's tough but it's definitely I think it's a path and I think it's a viable path for a lot of people but you have to learn how to take it and you kind of have to learn the steps and and the pitfalls of it but it could be catastrophic is the thing. It's a thin line. Then you have Ben Shapiro. Now, Ben would be con- what you would consider a tradcon, which is traditionally conservative. He believes strongly in marriage and a family unit and how the family will overcomes a lot of modern problems. But when it comes to dating... Ben Shapiro's advice would be find someone who is not as experienced, um, who can still pair bond, who you can be able to love forever and live within that discipline. The problem with this is 
is that this structure works best in a fair society or it works best in a society where one side has way more power than the other and the other has to conform. We're in a point in society where neither of those is true, right? Things are not equal and things are not so one-sided. So marriages are tough because I believe they deteriorate to a degree. And it's a natural process of as you learn someone and you learn the entirety of them, we're all, people are all generically people, right? On a large scale, we're not that too much different from each other. So what makes you love one person and what makes you not love another person can be very similar and sometimes they're just shown in different ways. So you you learn enough about a person over time to see their humanity and are off, people are often disgusted by it, right? The averageness of, of a person or of, of a thing. So I think it's too much living in the past. I think there's things to take from it, right? Like I would love, like I'll put it this way. Monogamy is a path as well. And I think monogamy is a path that is easier in the sense that there's less trouble that comes from just being monogamous, right? But it, there is something to say about, like, you can't, you don't have to be abstinent to that degree, right? You don't have to be abstinent to marriage and then explore. I believe that's, that's sort of juvenile and it, and it puts you in a position where you can't win, So, yeah, yeah, it and a lot of traditional conservatives conform to a religion and the religion has rules and tenets that might make it hard for a marriage to exist. Right. I I guess I really haven't decided on. Like, I think it's bad to define how much someone cares about you with how loyal they are to you. It's just not, there might be a correlation, but it is not causation. And loyalty is often overlooked or like loyalty is often subject to perception in a lot of different ways. I think loyalty is good and I think it, it, it is worth something, but is it, is it directly correlated to love? No. Or care? I don't think so. And like, it's very hard to characterize where I stand right now when it comes to how I think a relationship should be formed, continued, and maintained. Might have to come back to this topic. It's not, it's not clear at all. As, as to the best route. Those are kind of the two extremes I see. I mean, the other extreme is to just not to, to isolate yourself, which is, is, is not viable. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I, the most I can speak to now is dating. I think marriage is a good thing, right? Like people should get married and you should strive to be, to only need one person. It makes it easier. But 
there needs to be conversations and understandings about the limits of a person and what they can take and what what is expected. Now, I guess where my my query is kind of stuck at here is I think marriages are good, but how realistic are they? It's a it's a strange kind of conundrum. Because I'm thinking about like what environment does love grow the best? Does love grow the best in sort of a captivity and a, a familiarness or does love grow the best through freedom? It is hard to say. It is hard to say. But I'll say that, like, here's how I'll put it, right? Like, let's say you get married, right? You shouldn't depend on the fact that you're married to keep you together. There needs to be active. It's an active thing, right? I I feel like the trad cons think it's more of, hey, you do this and then you just keep working from there. And this is established. And it's not like that. It's not something that is ever established. Relationships are shifting. So I guess that is kind of the the idea here is how do you maintain freedom of love within a marriage and how do you grow it is, is where I'm going at. But dating wise right now, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what you should do and how you should do it. Very hard to say. But you have to figure it out. You have to figure it out. I think really what you want to do, right? So you have to become the best version of you and you have to become visibly better than those around you. It has to show in some sort of way, whether it be your clothes, whether it be your physique, whether it be um, your like ability to show something or express yourself, you have to differentiate yourself in performance in some manner. And I'm talking, I think this is for both sides, right? And you have to be very, very, very comfortable with yourself and with your own style. And I think the best thing to do is to attract someone towards you. You have to be vigilant, but it has to be sort of like you're looking for them. They're attracted to you so that you have these two factors working together and they combine. Um, to work. Now, whether when it comes to like having a rotation or having one-on-one, it really doesn't matter, right? Like if you have a rotation, when you really start to like someone, it won't matter. And then if you do one-on-one, hopefully you have enough prowess that after you're done with one person, you have the ability to go get the next or they're right there in orbit or somehow. So that's just what I've been thinking about. I've already been zambling on for too long right now. We'll move on. My opinion on trust has changed in the sense that there is no such thing as complete trust. You can trust someone to do something. You can trust someone to be something. But that's it. You can't to say I trust you is a lie in itself because 
that would imply that you would trust them in all situations. And that simply just isn't true, right? You could create a situation. Well, first off, it's you think about it like a human, right? All humans are fallible to something. Otherwise, they wouldn't be human. So it, it goes to show that complete trust in someone it is a fallacy because you could create a situation where it could be dependent on their intelligence. It could be dependent on uh, a ton of things, their vices, to where they could not be trusted. It's simple to that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's where I kind of stand on it. You, trust in itself is it, by nature has to be minimalized. I think that's the best way to look at it, or at least how I currently look at it. And it's not whether you trust someone, it's are you okay with the things you trust them with? Can you live with that? Because you doubt it. To trust someone with no doubt is to have essentially faith. And to have faith in another human is is asking to be let down. So at least complete faith in, in the way that trust is. You should you should have doubt in things and and trust and doubt should go hand in hand, but they often don't. I think this idea of needing to trust someone completely is going to get in the way of of connecting with people and ultimately you being happy. There I've already determined that love is not honesty. Love is not trust. It, it it's 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 a will. So it would not be affected by those those parameters. Sometimes they're byproducts but not always. So yeah, trust is is overrated and it is unhuman to a degree. Trust without doubt is, is, is just disappointment, really, I think. So just a zamble there, a little bit of a thought, but could get deeper, could not get deeper. I don't know. I might come back to this. We'll see. I learned this lesson very recently, and... It's something I wanted to share, but share it in the right way. You cannot be honest with liars. And the reason that is, is because they lie. So the information you have is not correct. How you perceive them is not correct. And in turn, that would mean how you communicate with them is incorrect. Trying to be honest with a liar will only confuse you. It's a it's a strange thing to think about, right? How their lying affects your ability to tell the truth and be honest with them. And then if you know someone's a liar, it's better not to tell them anything. Because then it, you're not contributing to either the lie or the truth. Because... The truth is automatically not a possibility. 
you have to go around lies is the best way to put it. Going through a lie may distort you because it's like going through a um, contradiction almost. Anything can happen. You're living within the lie. Can't do that. It's not good. It's not healthy. And the reason I, I kind of learned this is because I got closure on something today, right? There's things I understand about myself, but also things I question. And when you're lied to, you do not get the answers to those things. But when the truth is told, some, it, it completes that circle. It completes that gap. And I often question myself and question myself in situations and wonder, did I do the right thing or did I make a mistake? And if, there, if I did make a mistake, why did I make the mistake? And if I did do the right thing, how come it didn't turn out the right way? Things I think about and things that are very important to me and how I operate and how you get better. Today, sort of, I guess you could say, help me complete my mindscape. There is a piece missing. And it was, it was a confirmation. It was sort of like, hey, you have this feeling, this feeling, this feeling. How do you know it's, it has any basis in reality? And I got that confirmation today. I've been building sort of a new mindset for a while. Um, this sort of vacantness with structure. And I, I feel like now it's not just vacant. And a lot of people say be like water. But I, I feel this sort of fog. I feel sort of like fog. Hazy, light, difficult to sort of read. And, but taking up space and still has presence. This sort of dark inner meditative kind of state that I have seemed to nurture and grow a little bit. So really very interesting that this sort of event or this closure came to me now. Grateful for it, but it's very interesting. Discipline is a strange thing. I shouldn't go into this, um, getting off topic anyway, with life update. But yeah, mindscaping, I think it's been completed. There's probably a little rough around the edges, but for the most part, completed. Some, other, some of my other goals still need work. Finding a wife, still on the list. And the, the goal whose name shall not be said is on the list. But I sort of returned to a piece that I had that I had sort of lost. This uh, 
It was a confidence, I would say. And now it's back. Maybe improved or maybe something else took its place. Maybe this isn't the confidence I had before, but a new flavor slash version. It's interesting. I'll keep you guys updated. But yeah. My mind is crazy. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Little brief thing here, though, I wanted to touch on is words are like numbers. They are imperfect. They're trying to capture something that they don't entirely represent. They're symbols. They give you, it's sort of like sensation versus feeling. We often get these confused and you need to be around people who don't just say the right words, but have the right tone, have the right body language, um, are coming from the right original idea or touch, who understand the essence of a thing and can guide you towards it and in a way that you can understand. When, we, when I discuss ideas, some of you won't get it, but some of you enjoy the way I speak and how my tone inflects in certain ways to where it helps you understand the essence of what I'm trying to get to. Often I fail with my words to really describe in perfect manner what something is. But if I talk about it enough and use enough words, people start to sort of grasp onto the essence of what I'm trying to say. And I'm saying that that's the people you should be around. Some people use less words and you understand them way better just because they know how to get to the essence of something in the same way that you do. So just a little tip, just a little something to talk, uh, think about. And something else that I'll just add on to this that kind of made me, gave me closure as well, is the idea that God does not make mistakes, but he does make tragedies. There are things that are terrible that you think, wow, this shouldn't happen, but they are sometimes necessary. And it's the sad truth. Necessary evils are not something that you smile at, but there are things you can be grateful for knowing that the chaos is contained. Tragedies, man. What a strange thing in life. So yeah, I leave you with that, my friends. Hopefully it was not too heavy and hopefully you can take pleasure in Be confident in the idea that there is a design to things. And if you focus hard enough and you not necessarily believe, but go through the process and and stand on the things, you know, that what needs to happen will happen. And so, yeah. Like I said, though, I mean, I, last few, I don't know. I, I'll have to come back to this again because it's, it's something new. It's not n- newer, but I think there's, it's like an iceberg. There's more to it. 
question of the week is going to be brief this week. I kind of feel like I answered the question and asked the question last week, which is a bummer. So I'll just go ahead and go with the question. Well, it's not a bummer, but it was maybe we got a little carried away, you know. But this week, question of the week is order versus chaos in all aspects. Strength, morality, ease. Um, and I want you to think about it as a human and then I want you to think about it in a holistic sense and then a personal sense. So yeah, order versus chaos. When is it helpful? When is it useful? Situations, we'll be breaking it down next week. Yeah, and I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, for this one. Um, you guys know what it is. 1% better. Aim it, don't tame it. Kaizen. Keep it pushing, y'all. Keep it pushing. You got to believe in yourself. That's the key. Belief, 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 believe in yourself. And keep believing. Don't stop believing. All right. That's it. Peace.